Listen in. Thanks for doing just that. Music. Music has some sort of magical, maybe mystical thing happening. And I couldn't be more sucked in. I love it. You see, I want to live life better, unless I'm in some sort of funk and all I want to do is wallow. Songs, artists, musicians, lyrics, they help me in all sides of life. They're like lifts in my shoes. I walk a little taller, my shoulders are on my back. Yeah. Bring on life. Bring it completely on. Bring on life. So I'm full of questions and I listen in. Luckily, or hopefully, I travel with a recorder and open SM58 microphones. You've got questions? I've got more. I'm Frank Jenks. I began listening with a syndicated radio program, interspersing conversation pieces with songs and subject matter. And now, I just want to offer this fullness, the greatness, the insight directly from rock stars to you this way. If there is one guy whom I admire because of his struggles, it's Adam Ganshay of Three Days Grace. He never leans on them, and we are talking addiction stuff here. He is just, just genuine in his search for who he is and who we all are. At least that's what I take from this conversation. I'd be interested in what you get from it. This was recorded in Fort Wayne, Indiana on January 30th, 2010. So you just said to me, um, your, your old manager passed away. Very sad day for everybody involved, I'm sure. But for you, probably double, because personally and professionally, yeah, that throws you into funk, or, or throws you into something of at least rethinking life, right? Sure, yeah. Professionally, not so much. It wasn't a, you know, they, it was, we were, we were, uh, he, you know, Stu was there, you know, from the beginning, and uh, so he had become a, you know, a friend and a family member first, you know, before anything else. Um, and he, you know, he always been over backwards for us. So mm. it was a tough day. We were, we were on tour. We were in Canada and we were playing a show in Ottawa. Um, and we had found out, uh, you know, the day of the show and mm. it was a pretty emotional day. Yeah. It was, it was actually pretty tough. Anyway, for me, it was hard to get through the set. That night. Was it an unexpected thing? You know, it was like he, uh, you know, a few years back he had lung cancer and he had a lung removed. Um, so, uh, you know, when this happened, he ended up with pneumonia, went into the hospital and they took care of him and then basically, you know, sent him home saying he was okay. And uh, he got home and he started feeling sick again. And by the time he got back into the hospital, oh. uh, uh, that was it. So it was, it wasn't really expected, but it, it I yeah. mean, you know. But did you choose, when you choose management, do you, um, because I guess from our previous conversation and and um, and hopefully this one, I mean I think you write deeper lyrics and I think you try to get to maybe the the soul of where we're at or where people can be. When you're actually when you start doing business dealings, do you say, hey, I just don't want to be a rock star. I want it to be. I want it to mean a little bit more to people. Or you just, hey, if you can sell more records, more tickets, more merch, I want to be with you. You know, it's uh, no. I, it, the biggest difference when we switch management companies when our manager passed away, they were, you know, this is pretty typical, but they were uh, on the West Coast in, in L.A. Mm-hmm. in Hollywood, and uh, so they were very, they were uh, driven by uh, money and by selling records and yeah. you know making money. So um, 
the company that we've switched to, they're based in New York, mm. and the couple guys are from Chicago, and they're, uh, right. okay. you know, so they're they're more of a, you know, they're more hardcore sort of street, you know, and they're they're a little bit more deep than uh, than that. So it just it all depends on who you surround yourself with. Well, you know, it's a new music business, and I assume that you've had that conversation too with with probably you know everybody, <laughs> you know, how, how, I mean, how does it feel from when you started? To you know, okay, let's get X amount of spins on radio stations. To now, if you had 100% of all the active rock stations down with your music, which you probably do, it's probably not a fifth of what it was, you know, five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be a little freaky for people who've been in the business for a while. Yeah, you know, I think we got. I mean, we made it into the industry just sort of under the wire, you know, where uh, <laughs> you were grandfathered. <laughs> yeah, well, we we yeah. made it in just just before labels started merging and yeah. uh and you know before the the whole internet phenomenon really so um yeah it's, a, it's definitely a different industry right now and it's yeah. uh yeah but we're making it do you think there's going to be a day when you actually just give your music away i mean i've read many different marketing things like that where you just give it away and thankfully people still buy tickets and t-shirts uh you mean give away music like online yeah, and stuff yeah, instead yeah, of selling yeah, records or however you know, when I want to listen to something on my iPod, I'm just going to go to three days.com and, and three, three days, three days grace.com and, uh, and download it. And you won't think anything. You'll maybe make two songs every month or two songs every six months or whatever. I just don't, I mean, I'm, I'm just, mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, I really, who knows? I mean, but, I've, but to I've, think I've, that your music would be free or, or there not have value monetarily, mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense to doesn't, me. It makes my head go. <laughs> But, so yeah, I mean, what, it's a tough one because uh, yeah. because we would you know we I would ne- I I don't think I'd make two songs every six months and say you know here's a couple songs to get you right. by for the next six months and then <laughs> yeah. in six months right. check our website again but um, it's the kind of thing that you know when you know free music is uh, it depends on who you are and if you can afford yeah. to do it I mean sure. it costs us it really does like. I don't. I don't care if people burn our records, if they steal our records, as long as they're listening to our music. Because I think eventually they, you know, they they find you know that the band is coming from a real place and we're a real band, and eventually that pays off. You know. Yeah. yeah what does a real place mean? It means a genuine place. It means we're not sitting in a room together thinking of uh, the best possible hook or the best possible cliche that we could put in a song that's going to sell records. I mean, we. Uh, We've always written from a real place. We haven't, we, you know. I think I think our fans and people know that we are genuine, you know. And but there is there's always that point where, you know, before we started selling records, uh, you know, we were like an independent band in Toronto. And and uh, once you sign a record deal and once you sell a bunch of records and have some sort of success, you instantly become uncool. So you know you can't. It it's doesn't a damn matter. Shame. It doesn't matter who you are, you know. Uh, so yeah, that's the, you know. So when you became uncool, did you feel more pressure to? Well, wait a second here. I'm not I, saying you know that we're I'm... uncool. So let's not say that. <laughs> All I'm saying is that you know there is a, an awful lot of people out there that yeah. that judge you based on your success and based on mainstream success. But you know, I've done that. I've done that with bands, and I've thought, I don't know, you two or whoever, and I kind of go, ah, I wanted. I don't know. It's the same old, same old, or whatever. I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. I don't. And I guess judge isn't the word. It's just like maybe it just maybe that particular album or record didn't fit 
my ears. Well, maybe you get what tired it of it. You get tired of yeah. bands like that that have been around for a long time, and maybe if they don't change yeah. uh, enough, maybe, you know. Well, but, I guess I think, um, and maybe that's what U2 has gotten and, and, and Ed from Live and, and many other bands that, that we try to elevate on listening is, is because there's so much more in the lyrics that, okay, fine, your music ha- your, the music, the sound has an identity, but there is something that cuts to the core of our, our insides, mm-hmm. you know? I like the song Break. I mean, I thought that was mm-hmm. full tilt, right? Let's, mm-hmm. let's get it. I mean, it's about living life and turning yourself away from whatever's negative, right? Yeah, yeah, sort of. In a way, it's about uh, stepping outside of the box and not getting stuck in a routine. You know, the the whole, not the whole world, but you know, a good part of the world seems to be in a routine. And um, it's, I think, it's a very uh, wise thing to sort of rethink that routine that you're in and and think outside of the box. For you know, what is so attractive about routine? Getting comfortable. Yeah. That's what it is. I mean, you get comfortable in any situation that you do long enough, and uh, you just start to, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough one. You get you get comfortable in your own skin, and, you know, I think your ego sort of takes over at that point. So it's a... Uh, really? Yeah, probably. Ego I takes think, over. That's interesting. Well, it's... I think it's pretty true and pretty... I mean, everybody's got an ego, and, you know, it's it's how you deal with it. And how you keep it under wraps that uh, displays what kind of person you are. I mean, the whole world is the whole world is run by ego. Everything we do is run by ego. So anyway, yeah. I mean, I, maybe. Break, <laughs> so maybe, anyway, that's just a huge yeah, statement. But I kind of understand maybe what you're break, saying. Break is a little bit about that. It's about not getting drawn into the everyday things that you think you need, you, that you think you should do, yeah. that society tells you to do. Maybe it's just about just stepping outside of the box for just a few minutes. I want to investigate ego because I've always, you know, I've always tried to, to uh, be a humble guy. But sometimes I think I've, I've not gotten as far in life because I haven't, because I've been that way, you know, because I haven't stood up and said, look at me and look what we're doing or whatever, you know, and I, I don't know which way is the right way to live. You know, I mean, ego is, yeah, there's so many people out there with ego that I want to either bust through or tip them over. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a difference between being confident in yourself and the things that you do and the things you have to say and the work that you do. And there's, a, there's a difference between that and having your ego sort of tell you uh, that you, know, you need to compete with other people in this world. I love that. I love also The Good Life. Cool. Maybe, maybe kind of dovetailing into that song a little bit mm-hmm. from the... From the from the living life fully thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it, that's just. I mean, the good life is really. It's a really simple song, just about sort of, you know. I guess the whole grass is greener kind of thing. You know, looking at somebody else's life and and wanting what they have, which again brings you back to the ego. This is just going to be all centered around ego. This. In the right way, though. I love the line, too many people stepping over me, and that's, again, part yeah. of that, you know, yep. why me sort of, you know, thing, mm-hmm. and the ego sort of snakes its way up into your, yeah. Yeah. Into your better, get, better get more for me right now. The Good Life is actually going to be the second single from uh, this record. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those songs for me that I can't turn up loud enough because, yeah, there's plenty of times when I think that I, 
I deserve a little more because I've worked my ass off. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm and I'm just saying whether I'm looking up or looking in. Mm-hmm. Just give me a little bit of the good life here, would you? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think we've all said that at, at one point. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope more people will be saying that and singing it. I guess, right? Yeah. And next. it doesn't matter how good your your life looks from the outside. You know what I mean? There's right. always oh, yeah. there's always you know there's always things you want. But have you have you read about ego and and whatnot? I mean, have you have you? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I read uh, to understand yourself or to understand the world. Uh, no, it's understand myself. Hmm. Yeah, Eckhart Tolle's uh, "The Power of Now" and is a is a big one. That's a book. Eckhart Tolle okay. is the author, and okay. the book is "The Power of Now," and it's very, very interesting. Who told you? I guess who told you to pick it up, and why did you? Because you were struggling. Uh, <clears throat> no, I mean I picked that book up more recently. I mean hmm. just over the last year or so. It, okay. I I don't really remember who told me to pick it okay. up. Um, but I'm glad that I did. Well, is that a is that a really detailed book on the ego? Like, is the ego is it a chemical reaction in the brain? Is it uh, where does ego derive from? It's you know it, it I think it's just about you know to put it simply, um, it just looks at how we tend not to live in the moment. We tend to think about what's going to happen next and what we need next and where we're going to go next and you know what we're going to say next and that sort of thing, you know, and all of that comes back to, you know, in a way it comes back to the ego. So it's just a, you know, it's, it's, it's a really good book just about consciousness, I guess. Does the ego say to me, your life isn't good enough. And so you, you deserve better and get there as fast as you can take shortcuts, you know, do things that you might trample on people. Is that the ego that's the, that tries to drive you to do that kind of stuff? Because, we think we don't deserve it. I mean, we think we don't uh, have the life, so we deserve more because mm-hmm. Adam's got more than me, and you know, David Lee Roth has more than Adam. And you know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. is that yeah, what, that's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And isn't that the, that's like the the well, is, is ego? A, I guess is it a dark thing, kind of. I guess is it sort of one of these yin and yang things that can be used for good and it can be used for. <laughs> For bad, I don't know, dude. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm going get, too far here. I'm sure. We're sorry, getting, we're getting a little deep here, man. <laughs> sorry, dude. No, no, it's okay. No, I think uh, I'm trying to figure out my own ego. So. I think every if you look at I think if you look at any situation in this world, whether it's you know what you know if it's war, I think everything is is it comes back to ego and it it, and it has a lot to do with it, you know. But hey, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a. I'm not the. Dalai Lama over here. I'm just, it just a guy that read about the ego and found it interesting. <laughs> I guess life is just a is a battle for all of us, and then you know, and there and there and therefore, world's so cold. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty what pretty much where you're going down with that road, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that um, song's just uh, it's really about losing somebody close to you in your life, and just how uh, how your life changes when you do, you know. Because you lost your mom, mother-in-law, mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. How how did that work for you as a family, for you and your wife? I mean, is that just again like we were talking about with Stu Sobel? Does it it just hits you in a different part of the gut, doesn't it? In heart and mm-hmm. soul and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's it's basically you know, it's it's hell really having yeah. to, having to go through something like that. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I, I can't really explain it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just lost my dad within the last year. And, um, but to me, I guess I've always thought, maybe after my mom died, I guess I've always sort of thought that death is sort of part of life, and I want to embrace it as much as I can. Oh, yeah. Easier said than done. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's not, it's not, I mean, for us, the hell isn't, isn't, um, you know, it's not worrying about the fact that they're completely gone and they've gone nowhere. I mean, you know, death is actually another beginning. It's probably a quite a bit better of a beginning than, uh, than, you know, than the start we have here. So it's not that it's just, it's just the, you know, the physical loss of somebody being, you know, not being able to to uh you know call them on the phone or not being able to sit beside them you know it's that kind of that kind of loss that's really hard to deal with so are you i mean you i i guess when you say that i guess i would think you're sort of a god guy meaning you believe there's something else out there if death is sort of a beginning i don't i mean well i i wouldn't say god's the way to put it i mean i'm not a religious person at all but i think i'm definitely a bit spiritual not religious but spiritual right how do you how do you like when you pick up the book about the ego, do you pick up books th- about spirituality and stuff too? Or yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, sure, yeah. Because I mean, to me, it's it's all those questions that I'll never really get answered. Maybe until I die. You well, know? you know, there's a uh, there's a book I'm reading right now. Actually, I was reading it uh, just a, f- a few minutes before we started this interview. It's mm-hmm. called uh, it's actually called Life After Death, and it's by Deepak Chopra. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and it's uh, very interesting. You know, another. It basically, you know, it, it it goes in, you know, he tells you everything that you really want to know about what happens when you die. You know, not that anybody knows for sure, but there's a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, good stuff in there. Is it, um, I guess I'm curious, but again, I guess I don't think I'm afraid to die right now. I can say that into a microphone, but you know, if something happened to me, I don't know that that would be the same, but I guess I've always tried to live my life as best I can without hurting others and try to feel good about the wake that's behind me that I've Mm -hmm. sort of left some goodness Mm -hmm. (laughs) on the, on the third planet from the sun, you know? So, so I guess I don't, I guess, I guess I don't overthink if there's a heaven or hell or if there's an afterlife or not, because I'm so not in control of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, my, I mean, I, I, this is pretty religious again to go into this kind of thing, but I think it's, I, I, I don't necessarily think that there's physically a heaven or physically a hell. I think you, I think it, depending on your consciousness here on earth and how in tune you are with yourself and your inner self that leads you to where you go when you, you know, leads your, your spirit. So is, it's a piece that we find here that we, that maybe carries us to wherever wherever next is. Yeah, yeah I think that's so. Kind of cool. I yeah. think so. Uh, yeah, I kind of hope so because <laughs> I'd like to think I'm in a little bit of control of it. You know? Yeah, you know, I think we we create our own sort of. Um, I think while we're here in the physical world, I think we create our own hells and our own heavens, mm. and um, you know, just going through life. Uh, you know, you, you, once you get in tune with yourself and your soul and your conscious, I think that that's when. <laughs> that's where it uh it depends yeah, I, I don't know what i'm saying but you know what I mean. <laughs> wait dude I, I i don't know i mean i i mean part of me i think when i open up microphones with with anybody is mm-hmm. searching for a glimpse of something i don't understand mm-hmm. yet and if you mm-hmm. have some understanding that i don't then it's like i can leave the room enlightened and maybe there's mm-hmm. you know again something that happens during mm-hmm. the day for you that you go whether it's reading the book or, you know, mm-hmm. somebody just 
you know, you know how it, it's just amazing how things hit us at times that mm-hmm. maybe I've seen a thousand times, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, you know, right, right. So, um, well, let's talk about people who uh, who I think do bad things and therefore have no chance at heaven. Bullies. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Who, I know I was never a bully, but I certainly know that I probably could have been a part of it, mm-hmm. you know, just because I was in a group and allowed somebody else to, you know, be mm-hmm. picked on. And so, therefore, yeah. I'm just part of the mob mentality, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But mm-hmm. cool song about a problem that I guess, I guess maybe I've forgotten about since high school, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I'm, not, I'm not in that crowd anymore. But it's, it's real, and it affects people's lives forever, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when I was younger, going to school, you know, public school and stuff, I was uh, on both sides of that fence, you know, I was uh, bullied at some points, and then other times I bully, you know, people, and when, yeah, I mean, kids are cruel, and when you're, when you're young, you don't think about what you're doing, and, and the effects your actions are going to have, but uh, it definitely affects you for life, you know, and um, it's something that I've always thought about, but never really wrote about, and it just... Mm-hmm. Uh, just made sense for some reason on this record. Yeah, I interviewed uh, Ian from Lost Profits. I don't know if you, do you know those guys. Do you ever tour with them? I, I know the band. We've never yeah, done shows good with guys. them. Yeah, but they they donate some money to some um, organizations that you know try to try to fight bullying. Is that mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess you know? Yeah, but I mean it's yeah. So they, you know, when you when you feel when you are a little bit outside the norm, mm-hmm. you're going to get picked on, and mm-hmm. that's just a GD shame, you know. And, oh yeah. Oh but, yeah. So I assume that uh, Trevor McNeven was kind of a, a bully. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, did no, you guys work I, at McDonald's together? No, Neil, our drummer, worked at oh, McDonald's oh, okay. with Trevor. Yeah, yeah. So, but you yeah. guys toured a lot in Canada back in the day. Yeah, I mean, we we all went to the same school. We grew up together, and we played tons of shows in Peterborough, our our hometown, together. Yeah, um, yeah it's cool. I mean, they you know they've just recently you know started to take off. So yeah, it's very yeah. cool. Yeah, you put them on a put them on a tour with you, man. I, I think they're well. I like them, you know, because I and also I just like Trev too, because he's mm-hmm. he's real and honest. I think mm-hmm. too with his lyrics, without ever um, getting super Christian. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. But oh, yeah. yet, being on a Christian label, you kind of get painted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also interviewed a guy, uh, Jason Dunn from Hawk Nelson. Okay. Another band. He's from Peterborough too, you know. So from, and, and, from what? From, from Peterborough. Isn't yeah. What it? was the band? Uh, Hawk Nelson's another another band, another Christian band, but really good guy. But he he graduated with Trev's brother. So okay. Serious amount of serious amount of. <laughs> right. What was going on in that high school? Do you have good water? Or? Yeah, I don't know. No, just good acid. <laughs> good acid. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Hey, how is how is your ad- addictive life? Oh, Are it's you? it's good. I mean, it's uh, I've never I've never felt better. Really? Yeah, it's uh, it's a whole you know it's a whole other world sort of being on tour and playing shows you know with a straight mind you know and being a clear mind. And how long? How long have you? About three years. Yeah, because yeah. I think I interviewed you a, a little over, a little under three years ago. So, mm-hmm. and you were I guess close to it, but I didn't know because I didn't know you hardly yeah. at all then. But well, back you know a few years ago there was a couple rehab stints, but uh, it's yeah. been about three years solid now. So. Is that the saddest part, rehab stents? You know what I mean when you've let yourself down. Um, no, for me it wasn't. It was. It, I think it was. Uh, I, I mean, I'm more of a people pleaser, I guess, in my in my mm. own ways. So I was more worried about letting other people down. You know, yeah. I think that's what it was. Wow. Yeah, I was more concerned about letting my family and friends down, and you know, 
Uh, and myself, of course, but that wasn't, you know. So where does the ego come into this? I mean, is, is, does the ego drive this, drive addiction, addictive behavior? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, yeah. there's, it's self-centeredness, really. It's, it, it's, I mean, again, that's a, that's a really tough yeah. subject because it's, you know, I mean, scientifically proven that addiction is a disease, you know, that, mm-hmm. that can be passed down, you know, through genetics. So, you know, it's a tough one. The, the, the ego comes into play, I guess, in the behaviors of an addict, like the self-centeredness. You know? Because you can conquer it and it's not, it's not, the, it, the, it's not going to beat you. You're you just, yeah, it's that, and you just do anything you can to have what you're used to and what you need, and you don't really care about anybody else but yourself. Again, tough road to go through. And is it still tough for you now? I mean, is it tough for you today, or is it, does, does the... Does each day does the road get just a tiny bit smoother? No, I mean, yeah, it does. Every every day is a new day. I mean, I I don't I don't think about it too much. I wake up, I make sure I'm in a good environment around people that you know, people that are good. Yeah. And uh, you know, I don't I on my bus, I don't have booze and all that sort of stuff. So I just try to keep myself away from uh, mm-hmm. from any sort of uh, you know debauchery, basically. Anti-debauchery. It's a tough one being in a rock band. Yeah, because but, it's supposed to be a party. Yeah, but you'd also be surprised at how you know how uh, yeah. how serious bands take it now. It's it is a job, and it's not it's not like the eighties when we were yeah. you know when you could go out on the road and. Well, I, I I know it because I've probably talked to enough guys like this, you know, like you, because there's. Hey, I I understand that you want to make a living, not necessarily get be a gazillionaire but you just think you want to be like everybody else you like to pay your bills like to have a good family like to to make the world a little bit better place or you know whatever so yeah some some people do and some don't yeah yeah and that's some do it for the wrong reason someone who cares i thought that was uh again another cool song with a cool message about people who feel lonely Mm -hmm. um because i think it's i think that's an epidemic what am i trying to say epidemic there you go thank you I knew I had you here for some reason you know besides what? just enlightening me. When we were making this record, we we did it in uh, Vancouver, BC, and uh, the studio it's called the Warehouse Studio, and it was right in the heart of um, of uh, like you know basically like a drug infested area, homelessness and addicts, you know, on the street, and you know all within like a five block radius. So. Um, that song was just inspired by that. I mean, we would just go out for coffee and walk mm-hmm. around this neighborhood and uh, and just see how many people were, you know, on the street alone. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and it's it, again, it was the inspiration is very simple. Uh, yeah. You know, but think about how many people are alone playing video games mm-hmm. too. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they think, I mean, hey, the world is, you know, screwed up. Mm-hmm. It is screwed up out there. Mm-hmm. But somehow you gotta you gotta dive into that that water that is the world and mm-hmm. be a part of it otherwise yeah great you can become great at uh, you know modern warfare too. modern warfare too exactly and are you great at modern warfare too no no not yet i'm working on it though <laughs> i'm working on it um well it almost it is it, it's almost um a little bit uh coming from one x too mm-hmm. that song too yeah you know yeah. what i mean mm-hmm Absolutely. So obviously it's on your mind. You must see it even when you're in other cities when you see, or even probably even kids in the audience. I mean, you know what? I remember talking with Trev just a, I want to say it was a couple of years ago and we were kind of talking about this subject. He's like, 
you know what, there, there's a decent amount of people, because they usually go out to merch and meet people after mm -hmm. shows, and he's like, there's a decent amount of people that they're literally at the concert alone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and for me, my heart sinks because mm -hmm. uh, we all need, you know, human touch, if, for lack of a better phrase, or just mm -hmm. being with people. But, mm -hmm. uh, but if that number keeps growing, then somehow we're not, we're, we, the human race, isn't doing our job. As that's, much as I think music is, you know. Yeah, sure. That's true. I think music is, I mean, when it comes to that sort of situations, I mean, yeah, we get it all the time. There's people at our shows alone. We do meet and greets and stuff. And yeah. the odd, you know, the odd kid is just by himself and stuff. And I mean, yeah. And that's kind of why we do it. You know what I mean? To make that, to make those people that, I mean, for us, to make those people that, uh, those kids, whatever, that feel alone, just make them feel like they're not alone and somebody relates to them. I wonder if the song No More, at least that subject too, is maybe why people just end up being alone and, and, and fall into loneliness because, because they're, they're fearful of something. They're living in some sort of fear. You know? Yeah, oh, there's a lot. I think yeah, there's a lot of fear. A lot yeah. of fear. And that's what that song is about, isn't it? Oh, yeah. A lot. It's just about fear. <laughs> it's yeah. just about turning on the TV and, and just it's fear all the time. Not necessarily the TV, just yeah, anywhere, I know, right? anywhere, but... Well, if you turn on the TV and they're not screaming fear at you in a way, yeah. buy this or else you don't. Mm -hmm. Or if it's the news, check what's in your refrigerator because you might die. Stick mm -hmm. around after these advertisements. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's yeah. all about fear. I mean, that's how they keep us listening and, and watching. And, uh, it's how they keep the, the population under their thumb. Fear. I mean, that's the, it's the, the foremost way to control is with fear. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's pretty And I guess simple. I mean that's one more reason that I love the internet because we have that freedom to go over, go wherever we want. I mean, I'm sure there's still fear messages out there, right? But mm -hmm. I mean, in a way, the last, I don't know, what, 40, 50 years, TV probably controlled society in a way, you know, because that's where we all went to find out what's happening outside of our Absolutely. outside of our, you know, lot in life, you know. Yeah. And it's probably I mean, nowadays I think it's different than the Walter Cronkite days. I yeah. mean, he was he was a good man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. And I nowadays, you, you 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 get you know ten different news channels that are instilling some sort of fear. Whether it's about what you're eating, what you're getting, giving your kids to play, where you're going, where you're living, it's crazy, man. Well, and the fact of the matter is, I mean, because you know, I, I know that I've I just don't watch the news much, and I've stopped getting the newspaper for many reasons, but mainly because. I didn't want my kids seeing headlines like, you know, mother raped and, you know, <laughs> Arby's. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Really? I mean, because the fact of the matter is per capita, crime is down. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, I guess, you know, kind of a good thing. I mean, I, I mean, I wish there were no crime, but. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, but, yeah. it's down. But, but just to see those headlines, you go, wow, you know, I better lock the doors at night. I mean. Well, I even think, well, Mr. Mr. Canada, I mean, I even think of the Michael Moore movie about, you know, people not locking their doors. I didn't, we didn't lock our doors when I was growing up, but I lived kind of out in the country, and it was a small community, and I mm -hmm. mean, I loved it, but, man, once I moved to the city, it's like, yeah, make sure the door's locked. Yeah, that movie is, uh, that, that portrayed it all in a, in a different light. I mean, I grew up in a small town, too, 1,500 yeah. people, and then to a little bit of a bigger town, and yeah, we didn't lock our doors in those kind of towns, because yeah. we just didn't have to. But yeah, he's in Toronto, and he's going through a neighborhood in Toronto, opening up doors, and it's uh, it's all staged, man. No, there's, I don't know anybody, and I know a lot of people in Toronto. I don't know anybody who doesn't lock their doors. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, it's it, it's definitely uh, definitely interesting. Everybody's yeah. pretty fearful, and you know. 
Yeah, well, I, under, I understand the point, but um, I mean, you know, it's almost like you just can't, you can't go back to the 70s and 80s or 60s or whenever, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> reopen doors with a camera, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. But I guess at the end of the day, I think you want to tell people that life starts now, right? Yeah. yeah. Today, I mean, right now. Yeah, I mean, well, for I, I can only speak for myself and, you know, I guess us as a band and uh, the last couple of years of our lives have been very trying. You know, we haven't been on tour. We've been dealing with a lot of personal stuff at home in our personal lives. You know, our families, uh, family members getting ill and sick and passing mm. on and stuff. And mm, mm, mm. we're just starting to look at life in a different way. I mean, we're, we're, we're growing up a little bit and realizing that we have to play this hand that we're dealt in life, you know, and you don't really have... Uh, you don't really have a have a choice otherwise. So, um, no matter what you do, you got to look at it like life starts now. As I have heard through like AA and 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 um, and everything else, taking it one day at a time, that life is new every day. Is that sort of the the message that that you have been told? This is the way you need to live uh yeah, through rehab well, and stuff well yeah i mean it's the way that i've i've sort of learned uh, is that you know you can't there's a there's a great uh a great reading in and i i don't i mean it's called yesterday today and tomorrow and it's uh i mean you can find it online but it's it's definitely interesting cuz i what i've learned is that you you can't do anything about what you did yesterday in the past you can't change any of that and it won't change anything and you can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow, and you can't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. So the only day that you really have any control of is today, and that's. And if you can get through today, then tomorrow is another today. Do you do you depend on the spirit inside of you to remind you of that message? Because isn't that sort of a spiritual message? To mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's a purely. I mean, to me, it is. It's something you know? that I think of every day. I mean, uh, maybe I think it's it's almost become habitual for mm-hmm. me to think about certain things you know when i wake up in the morning yeah and that's one of them well man i uh, appreciate the time always Absolutely. i appreciate what you do no problem. i Thanks. hope you uh continue to do you know and yeah. i hope <laughs> me too <laughs> uh, yeah if we can elevate if we can elevate life and get people to know that life does start now then again thanks man yeah appreciate man it. no problem He's like, he's just the guy in the coffee shop reading and reading, and you're not sure if you should approach. But once you do, he's got lots of thoughts, well thought out thoughts. He's a man who is searching for and choosing a better path. And shouldn't we all? Thank you, thank you, thank you for reals. I know you're searching. Don't, don't stop. Keep on scouring lyrics and songs and movies and books and anywhere you can find inspiration. Because, and I know I'm still wrestling with this, you are worthy of love and a great life. Give and get. Listen in and share the goodness.
I sign off sincerely, comma, Frank Jenks. Questioner, interviewer, searcher, hoper. Yeah. <laughs>